How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. I am once again none other than Brett Baker today on January 3rd, 2020. First podcast of the year. Brett, say what's up to the people. Hello, hello. And I am glad to be here simply because I have lost Jason Garrett. The clapper will no longer be clapping for the Cowboys next season. And I'm ecstatic, dude. I'm I've not been this excited for the Cowboys to miss the playoffs ever in my entire life. I mean, I've never been this happy to watch, you know, the division champion Eagles play on Sunday or Saturday or whatever, whenever they play. I don't care. But I don't know who they're gonna hire. I'm just glad that Jason Garrett's not gonna be clapping for the Cowboys ever again. Um, yeah, I can definitely understand y'all being happy to have him out of there. I really felt like there was a lot of blunders for him. Um, kind of a question for you, Brad, is who do you want to be the next coach here in Dallas? Well, I know that a lot of people are going to jump towards the, you know, like Lincoln Riley train and all that. Like maybe even the Matt Rule. People just want to see a nice young coach for some reason. I mean, it's like a trend in the NFL, but I kind of want to see... And I'm not necessarily on the Urban Meyer thing at all. I wouldn't mind Urban Meyer. That's probably my favorite of the people that are going to be mentioned in the next couple of days. But right now, I don't really have a favorite. Um, I'm hoping we get a defensive-minded coach, honestly. Like, 49, trying to scoop 49ers defensive coordinator. That would be awesome. I'm hoping we go on the defensive side for the head coach, though. Because, I mean, let's face it, there's not that many offensive head coaches that are incredibly successful. I mean, you have the Shanahans and the McVeighs, but defense wins football games, especially when it's quite obvious that the Dallas Cowboys have their offenses. The pieces are there. You just need somebody to call plays and manage the clock. Defense and special teams played way worse than they should have over the last two years. I mean, our defense was even good this year, but they could have been a lot better. So I think that is where I want to see the biggest uptick in performance for the Cowboys. So I hope they go with that route, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I actually think that their best move here would be to go get Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City. I think he's done a great job with this offense. I mean, they've just had injuries at running back. But, I mean, Kansas City, anybody who's under Andy Reid, we've seen what his coaching tree can do. We've seen what kind of offensive guys he can put out there, like Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, all these guys coming from his coaching tree, just to name a few that have recently won a Super Bowl. Um, I really think it'd be a great move for Dallas. I think he could tap a lot of the potential this offense has. I mean, when you have an offensive line and you have Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, I mean, Michael Gallup looks like he's coming into his own. I mean, when you have that many weapons on offense and you put an offensive mind this smart in there, I think he'd be a great guy. I mean, like you said, obviously, everyone wants that flashy Urban Meyer and uh, Lincoln Riley name. I mean, I don't think, honestly, they want to have to report to Jerry Jones, and I don't think they want to be overshadowed by him, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, Lincoln Riley's his own man there at Oklahoma. He wins the Big 12 pretty much every single year. He's going to have a shot at it pretty much every single year. I don't know why he'd want to leave that. And I mean, Urban Meyer, realistically, what else does he have left to prove, you know? So 
I think Bieniemy is the best available coach pot for them. I also wouldn't mind seeing him get McDaniel's either. I actually disagree with you though. I think they should go offensive minded with what they have. See, we're on two different ends of the spectrum because the next guy that I really like, who's kind of my dark horse candidate, is going to be Don mm-hmm. Martindale for the Baltimore Ravens right now. He, I mean, he's done a great job at getting that defense on top of their mm-hmm. business. Their offense obviously is a whole different ball game, and it's above almost every offense in the league. But this is a defense that everybody was expecting to like have a pretty – off year and they've played a really really good second half of the season in particular and I'm I'm more so on the defensive side but I've also watched an offensive minded head coach drive the Cowboys into mediocrity for nine straight years so I'm I'm needing something a little bit different I need them to take a risk here so I don't I'm not gonna say that I don't I like would seriously oppose a offensive minded head coach again, but I'm on the defensive side right now. I will say this though. Jason Garrett was the NFC's head coach last year in the pro bowl. It is the pro bowl, but still you're, you're basically playing in a game that's glorified two hand touch and you can only put seven points up on the board. I mean, to me, that's not much of an offensive minded head coach right there by Jason Garrett. I mean, I think anything that proves how bad, he is with the X's and O's and with just everything in general. I mean, there are so many games like against the Vikings, especially where that, I mean, they, they just literally, I think Dalvin Cook had 180 yards rushing. I mean, literally they just handed it off to Cook and it looked like they're getting seven, eight plays. I mean, it looks like that the, the Dallas didn't even know that they had Dalvin Cook, let alone that they had, that they like to run the ball, you know, like it, I agree with you completely that Garrett's out of there. And I mean, I just think, I don't know. I just don't think Garrett was the right fit there, but you want to hear a fascinating you want to hear a little fascinating bit from Ian Rappaport that recently came out and why I why I'm making that my dark horse candidate? Don Martindale as a top candidate. So sources are saying are linking him and none other than LSU's Joe Brady as his preferred offensive coordinator if he were to leave for a head coaching position. Apparently they have a pretty good history as a friendship together. So I think that that would be awesome, dude. I mean, if I got LSU's offensive coordinator with what they just did, plus a great defensive Monday head coach, dude, sign me up. I don't even need to hear anymore. That should be the number one option for the Cowboys in my mind. Yeah, I mean, if you had told me that earlier, I'd agree with you completely. I mean, Joe Brady, literally, no one could solve the mystery with LSU. I mean, you look at all these guys, LSU – puts the best players in the in my opinion they put all the best players in the NFL on offense and defense all these guys end up being the best when it comes to NFL be the big time stars and we could never solve the problem why LSU's offense was so damn mediocre but Joe Brady came in there and solved the puzzle I think he's I mean he was the Saints passing game coordinator did the same thing for LSU I think whoever snatches him up is a genius you know it's kind of funny I was saying to my dad like two days ago on the couch that I'm shocked that nobody had come calling for Joe Brady yet to make him the highest paid coordinator in sports. So I think Joe Brady's about to make another climb. And I mean, he'll be, he'll be a head coach in the next two or three years as well, I think. But yeah, that'd be a great move for Dallas, but let's get things moving. Yeah, let's here get things to, let's get to talking to, about teams that don't need a head coach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the big games this weekend. I mean, I'm so excited. NFL playoffs. I mean, what more can you ask for? Start things off, though, with the AFC games that are on Saturday. You got Bills-Texans, 345. The current spread 
is Bills or, or Texans minus two and a half. The over under is sitting at forty four. Um, wh- what are you what are you thinking about this game, Brett? I think the Bills win it. Um, the Texans are a team that has struggled when a, the opposing team takes away their down threat options. They're going to be without Will Fuller, which means that the Bills are going to be able to focus down on DeAndre Hopkins, make them beat them with you know what. Kenny Stills, um, some Duke Johnson, and some tight ends as well. I think that Deshaun Watson's going to be running for his life the entire game. Texans are not good in the playoffs historically. The Bills are 10-6. and six. Their offense has been struggling lately, but I think their defense wins them this game. That's I think they win it by seven points or more. Honestly, I could see them winning by two scores. I just think that the Bills are in a better position to win this one than the Texans for sure. Dude, I... Um, Every single game that Deshaun has struggled, though, it's been another great defense that he's playing that just absolutely dominates him. Yeah, you know, I think it's when Watson has time to sit back there that he picks the other team apart. Also, if Will Fuller's not going to be 100%, which it's still very up in the air if he's even going to go tomorrow, I think that he's huge. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a long shot right now. So I think that really puts the Texans behind the eight ball. I haven't 100% locked in my pick yet for this one. I lean to the Bills, though, because of that reason. I really think they're going to need Fuller because, I mean, Tredavious White hasn't allowed a touchdown against him yet this year. That's no fluke or anything. He's falling around the biggest names, the best receivers in the league, and he's shutting them down. I mean, like you said, this this is a great Bills defense, and I think they're going to travel well. Um, I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a couple stats here for y'all as well. So when the dome is closed, this applies to two games. It applies to this one and to the Saints and Vikings. The over in the playoffs is twenty nine and thirteen. That's at sixty nine percent. So Josh Allen, this is his first time making a start in the playoffs. Um, Josh Allen though is nine two and two against the spread on the road as a quarterback. He's ten five and two against the spread as an underdog, and he's seven two and two road underdog. Now first time QBs in the playoffs making their first start are fourteen and thirty um, straight up and twelve and thirty one against the spread. This applies to Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, and uh, Carson Wentz as well. At home, they're nine and eighteen straight up, seven and twenty against the spread as a favorite. They're nine and fourteen, um, and six and seventeen against the spread as a dog. They're five and fifteen straight up, and six thirteen and one against the spread. And on the road, they're fifteen and twelve straight up against the spread. And on the road as an underdog, they're four and ten against the spread and three and eleven straight up. All that I know that was a lot to throw at everybody. But honestly, I feel like it's got to be the Bills here has to be the play. And I kind of lean with the over as well. I just really feel like Josh Allen's going to come out here, see some success. J.J. Watt is back, but you know the Texans and Bill O'Brien, they just never seem to be able to get it done in the big game. I'm with you on that one. And I'm not sure about the J.J. Watt thing, but I don't think he's going to be a big difference maker. Um, he's going to be on a snap count limit. Probably going to be playing out of shape. I mean, it's just... I think that one's just for the headline and the drama of the situation. I don't think he's going to be a big difference maker. So I think the Bills wrap this one up pretty easily. I don't think it's – it might be closer than it looks at the end of the game, but I still think the Bills are going to have a pretty good grip on this game all the way through. And then – Yeah, you know, and, and but also, you know, looking at all the games too, also think about this. It's rare, honestly, that all four of the home teams win. I think if any of the home teams were to go down, it would be this one right here. For sure. 
And, I mean, the Texans are good at home, but I don't know. I think that when they play a good defense, they are a significantly worse team. And they are playing a good defense right now. Maybe a top three defense in the league, honestly. But to move on on with this one, I think this is my favorite matchup of the weekend because there's just, like, so much. I mean, there's just so much that can go wrong for the Patriots here. I think with, you know, one, you have a former player and one of Bill Belichick's favorites coaching on the other side and Vrabel, Mike Vrabel. And you also have somebody like Ryan Tannehill, who has a lot of experience against the Patriots, especially coming from Miami on a much better team. You have a deep threat that they just recently kind of struggled against with, um, Devontae Parker and the Dolphins. You, I honestly don't know what's going to happen in this game. I mean, I want to say that I don't ever bet against the Patriots, so I'm four and a half points for them to cover. It's a lot. I mean, seriously. I think that the Titans are going to cover that plus four and a half. I don't know if they're going to win it. I think it's a toss-up, man. I mean, difference maker is going to be Derrick Henry. That's so I will agree with you that the Patriots defense has struggled as of late and they haven't looked as good. But look, how many times have we seen the Patriots struggle and come out different in the playoffs? I'm not sitting here telling you that they're going to go into Kansas City and Baltimore and win both those games as well. But I think they can take care of the Titans here. So the over is nine and one and Ryan Tannehill starts in 2019 and 2020. Um, I, I, you can do whatever you want with that number. I just figured I'd throw it out there. Just a little stat. But as I said earlier, those first playoff starting quarterback trends apply here. Tannehill is 0-5, playing in Foxborough against the spread and straight up. Look, the Patriots are going to be familiar with him. Belichick's going to be familiar with him. I honestly think that Dolphins game was really a fluke. Um, oh, you know, the Dolphins, the Dolphins were just, a, were just yeah, you know, they had nothing to... Ryan Fitzpatrick does his best work when he has nothing to play for and just goes out there and slings it. You know, he's a gunslinger, and they came out there and got it done. Honestly, that was one of the most fun games to watch this season just because it seemed like, I mean, when Fitzpatrick goes off, honestly, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch play. He just slings it in there, runs around. I was talking about how he personifies the image of what I would expect a bad Dolphins quarter or like bad Dolphins team's quarterback to look like I mean like he probably (laughs) lives it up in Miami and he does not care if he is playing bad or if his team is losing he's just gonna go out and throw for like 300 yards and call it a day can't blame him yeah you can't blame him at all but um you know I'm going with the Patriots in this one I think they're gonna find a way to take care of business here I mean the Titans and Ryan Tannehill to me they never really have played well in big games I mean, they got they lost that game at home against the Texans, a game I had the Texans. I mean, I thought I don't I just can't buy into this Titans team at the end of the day. I think New England's gonna handle business. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be a blow by any means, but I think the Patriots end up covering the number, whether they win by ten to seventeen points. I think it'll fall somewhere in that range. They're just scary though, with all the the there's so many I feel like there's so many Patriot or former Patriot players on the Titans, and there's only like a couple. I think Malcolm Butler and was Nikovich on the Titans right now. So, um, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if they have Ninkovich or not, but no, they do. It's, ha- it's another. Sh- it's another defensive line type player. I can't think of who it is right now, but the Titans are kind of one of those teams that is like, like a 
there's just so many weird connections to Bill Belichick and the Patriots as a whole that it's just like got to be a close game. I think the Patriots are probably going to pull it out just because every time we doubt them, they do mm-hmm. the opposite. So don't ever bet on Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That's that's the unwritten rule in sports betting. So just don't do it. I mean, just leave it off your ballot if you're going to do anything. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely taking the Patriots here. I like the Patriots. No play on the over-under or anything like that for me. Um, let's keep things moving here now to Sunday's slate of games. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited for these two. Um, I think that, yeah, I, this is honestly a great weekend, some great matchups here. So we have the Vikings at the Saints. Um, the Saints are currently eight-point favorites, and the over-under sits at 49. Um, what do you think about this one, Brett? So the Vikings have actually not been playing well lately. Um, I think it's a mix between injuries and just general poor play. I mean, across the board. I mean, you lose um, you lose Dalvin Cook, which is big. You kind of are hindered in that sense because you saw them like not be able to adapt, and they eventually got to adapt by the end of Week 16, but it was too late. I think if they have him, the game is completely different. I still think that the Saints are going to come out and cover the spread, probably put up 35 points. I'm just feeling like the Saints are playing pissed off right now. I mean, I I, I think that the Saints are my favorite team to come out of the NFC right now. With the way that they're playing, I just think that they're the team that's probably going to come out of the NFC. I mean, I that sounds shocking, but... I think they're my favorite, so I think they're going to cover this spread. I think they're going to beat the Vikings maybe 35-21. to 21. Okay. See, my dome is closed. Um, trend, like I said, comes into play here again. I actually think the overall hit, and I think this game will end up being a shootout. The Vikings play very well because Kirk Cousins 66% against the spread at 1 o'clock. Also, the Vikings play much better on turf and indoor than they do in grass. Dalvin Cook is back. I think the Vikings will be able to establish their run game and run the ball on the Saints. Look, I don't think the Vikings are going to lay down and die. I think the Saints will win the game, but I don't think they're going to run away with this game by any means. Um, Breeze, when the dome is when he's in the dome at home, he's 66, 7, or 47 and 2 to the over as well. So, like I said, I like a shootout here in this game. I think the Vikings get the run going. I think Cousins gets things going as well. In the end, I think the Saints will pull it out, but I think I like like a like a 31-27 kind of victory here. I think yeah. the Vikings keep it inside the number and I actually feel honestly one of my best one of the bets I like the most this weekend is the Vikings with the 8 points here. You know, this this is a good this is a really good Vikings team and if Cook didn't go down, you know, they might have beaten the Packers at home there, got that first round mm-hmm. bye, you know, like this team was this close to having a first round bye and waiting to play till next weekend. I think the Vikings are that good. I mean, it's crazy because the Saints are that good too, and they have to match up with them here. So I like I just, the Vikings in this I one. I just can't imagine Drew Brees and the Saints losing to the Vikings after the, you know, famous or infamous, depending on which side you were on, Stefan Diggs catch that won them the game in the playoffs a couple years back. I I just can't see Drew Brees losing again. I mean, I, I don't think he will. I think he's playing with a divine purpose right now. I mean, seriously, I think that the biggest, easiest bet on the slate for me is over that 50 or 50 point mark. I mean, call me crazy because 50 is a lot of points in this league, but 
I'm hammering that over. Yeah, I'm on the over as well. I'm definitely playing both of those right there. Um, last game here is the Seahawks at the Eagles. I feel like we're going to crossfire here on this one. Um, I'm going with the Eagles. I honestly don't even care when, you know, what, what uh, how other people feel about this one. Um, the, they're the home dog in this situation. I mean, how the Eagles, like, this is the narrative you want if you're Philadelphia. You know what I mean? This team was the home dog time after time after time when they had Nick Foles in there and what did they do with their backs wall they came out and won every single time oh yeah nothing has changed (laughs) nothing has changed here at all you know the eagles they're the home dog they're being disrespected i mean the eagles strength they're third in the league against stopping the run seattle's fourth in the league in rush yards seattle's down their two best running backs i mean Marshall and Lynch and Trav and I don't even know if his first name is Travis, but Homer from Miami, they're not about to run all over the Eagles right here. It's going to have to be Russell Wilson with his arm. I think Carson Wentz will be able to make the plays he needs. And let's be honest, Seattle's got lucky all season long. I mean, this team should be nine and seven. They pretty much have the average men win margin of less than a field goal. That's completely lucky. You could say it's all Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson's barely a 500 quarterback in coin flip games. So. I got the Eagles, man. I mean, once again, the home dogs, this is what they love. This is what the Eagles live for. All right. Well, um, I really hope the Seahawks come out and just beat the living shit out of the Eagles. I mean, that would make me feel good <laughs> personally. Although on an unbiased standpoint, I think that the Eagles have a legitimate chance. They played the Eagles or they played at home earlier this season. The Seahawks beat them by one score. I mean, it was a touchdown and a two-point conversion, a 17-9. I mean, they made Russell Wilson's day a living hell that day. I mean, he was running all over the place. His receivers were dropping balls. The only thing that worries me about the Eagles, and I think that their fan base and their coaching staff is probably just as worried, is the amount of injuries they have sustained. I know Miles Sanders is not going to be 100%. Boston Scott has really stepped up nicely. They lost probably four defenders over the last two weeks of the season. I don't know if they're going to be healthy and back. And even if they are back, I don't know how healthy they're going to be. I think it's all about health and how their defense plays. If their defense cannot play up to par with about the same level that they came into the game earlier with and um, the first game against the Eagles, I think then then it's all about the defense for the Eagles. I mean, I truly believe that. If they cannot stop the run, they are screwed. Luckily for them, Seahawks are down their two best running backs. I know Marshawn Lynch is back, but I don't think he's a big difference maker. I don't know. The ghost of Marshawn Lynch is yeah, back. The, yeah. Just, yeah. I don't... This one's a toss-up generally, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks because we're opposing sides on this one. And you know what? The Eagles can go to hell, man. They're <laughs> just as lucky, if not the most lucky team. I mean, they've gotten bailed out in overtime against the Giants. They've almost lost to the – beat the Eagles with like 30 – or I mean the Redskins with 30 seconds left. These were all at the end of the season. Yes, they're rolling on a little bit of momentum, and they've won some games in December, but I just don't know how they can continue to win because they are so beat up. I just don't think it's possible. I mean, truly, but Hey, we'll see. That's yeah. You know, that's the thing with the Eagles, man. You tell them it's impossible. 
that makes them want to do it even more. I love the Eagles here in the spot, but overall, I think it's going to be a fun weekend to watch. Um, Brett, before we get out of here, what's your Super Bowl prediction? Super Bowl prediction. Okay. So I'm going to say that it's going to be the Chiefs, Ravens, and the AFC. The Ravens are going to come out of it. Although the Chiefs defense okay. has been playing phenomenal lately. I will say that mm-hmm. much. And then on the other side, I think it's going to be the Seahawks, or I mean the Seahawks, the Saints, and man, I don't want to say it, but I think it's going to be the, and I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I think that the Saints are probably going to play your Packers, and it's just going to be the top-seeded teams from each conference playing each other in the championships, and I think that the Saints-Ravens is going to be the Super Bowl. I think that Drew Brees pulls it off. I think that the Saints are playing with some type of pissed-off anger. Uh, they got screwed out of a Super Bowl appearance last year. I think they're the team that is getting hot at the right time. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, um, I'm going with, I've got the same thing as you, Baltimore, Kansas City. I got Kansas City coming out of the AFC. Like you said, the defense has improved. Patrick Mahone's a bad, bad man. I mean, people forget they they beat Baltimore earlier this season without Tyreek Hill. He's back now as well. I think Kansas City got healthy. They're playing their best football at the right time. I mean, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath, but I think Kansas City or Baltimore for sure comes out of the AFC. I like Kansas City, though, to come out. And then NFC side of things, I'm actually going to go with San Francisco here. D. Ford hasn't been playing the last few games for him. He should be back in the next round of the playoffs. I mean, the QBR they're allowing in these last couple games has been awful, mostly because Ford hasn't been playing. When he plays, they're holding teams to the lowest QBR in the league. I think they'll get back to that. Therefore, I think the 49ers will end up getting the Super Bowl They also because they have that home field advantage as well. And then I got Kansas City beating San Francisco in the Super Bowl. I have Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes getting his first Super Bowl ring. And I think it's more to come, man. That's a bad man. Bad man. It's his time to take over the league. So I've seen that as a favor for a lot of people right now. Uh, The big thing that I chose the Ravens over the Chiefs for is Mm -hmm. the home field advantage. I think both of those teams drive so they're so driven by playing on their home field. So if they're yeah. if it's at Arrowhead, whole different story. I'm probably going with the mm-hmm. Chiefs, but since it's in Baltimore, big time game changer, especially for that team. I think that that's the only reason I went with that side of things. Um, as far as the 49ers, I love the 49ers as a team. Um, I think that this is going to be the year that they get that experience that they need. Um, they're not very experienced in the playoffs at all. I mean, across the board, I mean, I think the one with the most experience is probably going to be Emmanuel Sanders and maybe Tevin some Coleman. of their defense. Tevin Coleman has seen some heartbreak for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that well, – we won't mention that. You're even wearing the, the sweater and everything. Dude, I'm sorry. But I think this is going to be the year that Jimmy G gets his experience that he needs. And next year, whole different, whole different ball game, but – I'm not quite sold on San Francisco in the playoffs just yet. Yeah, you know, you may be right about that. I just like their chances, especially when they get everyone back off the bye week. But 
to me, it's Kansas City or Baltimore. I just, I just like Kansas City. I think everything's coming together at the right time. But, you know, we'll see. It's going to be a fun playoff run. But, Brad, I appreciate you coming on the podcast once again, helping yeah, dude, me do it's this. it's been a quick one. Um, we've uh, kind of thrown it together today. But, hey, coming up in 2020, I want to do a lot of new things that I haven't got around to doing yet. I have really been trying to set myself up for success. And I've been kind of slacking on dropping a lot of podcasts from the TRP account. So we'll see. We'll get there. Until oh, yeah, then. No, we'll, we'll definitely get back up there, but take us away. Yeah, until then, enjoy a great weekend of NFL playoff football. I mean, I'm talking really probably one of the best wildcard weekends that we've seen in a long time. And that might just be in the moment type thing to say, but a lot of great matchups. It's going to be an enjoyable weekend. Hopefully our picks are spot on, or at least mine. I don't give a damn about Thomas's, but (laughs) we'll talk to you guys next week. And we'll figure out if we were right or we were wrong, and then we'll try to correct it for the week after that. So, hey, look at us. Yep, Brad said it as bad as I can. Until then, peace. Peace.